What's up guys, welcome to the Imperfect Swing Golf Podcast. Today I'm joined by none other than the first black African to play in the US Open. Have I got that right, Maddie? Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, Maddie, firstly, I had no idea that you were the first black African to, to play in the US Open. And I think that kind of speaks to your character. You're not really one to kind of flaunt that kind of uh, achievement out there. But, you know, for people who don't really know who you are, can you maybe give us a little background to, you know, where you started playing golf and also your, your college background? Okay, my name is Madeleine Somatia. I'm from Zambia. started playing golf in uh, 1989 when I was six. So I uh, played most of my golf in Zambia uh, until I played uh, till I think 17 when I was in Zambia and I got uh, recruited to play collegiate golf in the U.S. And uh, it came by way of me winning an AGG event in, in uh in Sarasota, Florida. I won by six, so I was noticed by all the college coaches. Um, I ended up joining University of New Mexico, but amongst other universities gave me a 100% scholarship, I decided to go to UNM. Um, after that, I graduated from university after a four-year degree in economics and business management. I got on a Canadian tour for two years and then got on Con Ferry after that. So I played uh, two and a half years on a Con Ferry. And when I lost my car, that's when I joined the Sunshine Tour. Well, I came down, I think, two or three years after to join the Sunshine Tour. And, you know, you've, you've been here for a couple of years. Does South Africa almost feel like a second home now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've spent a significant time and uh, played most of my golf here now professionally. So uh, it does definitely feel like a second home. But uh, once you're on the African continent, everywhere feels like home. And, the, I mean, the competition out here, you, you've obviously played Corn Ferry and you've played Canadian as well. What's, what's the competition like, Archer? You know, I think, I feel personally that we probably one of the most competitive tours out there and probably underrated as well. Well, yeah, the competition is getting stronger and stronger, but it's also evident of um, how well the South African golfers are doing internationally. So it shows you that there's a great platform and a, a slew of talented golfers. Apart from that, you've got a great um, uh, platform uh, in terms of golf courses, how tough they are, so they compare comparable to the world stage in my opinion um, so they're doing a great job um, like there's only about two countries that I can think of or continents that's been Australia and Europe where yeah. they're producing that number of uh, golfers doing well on the world stage and you know growing up did you always see yourself being a golfer was there a time where there was maybe other options you know you do have your degree uh, you know did, was there always like this this hundred percent in on golf uh, yeah, it's funny. I decided where I was going to play professional golf when I was 13. So my late father sat me down and asked me because I was starting to win a lot of junior tournaments. Yeah. And I was doing things that nobody in the country had done. So internationally and locally, uh, he had asked me to, uh, you know, map out a plan for myself. And he asked me actually, like, where were we sitting? What would I like to do with, with my life? I said, well, I'd like to play professional golf. And he asked me, what about school? And I said, well, I want to go to university. <laughs> he said, okay, great. Um, so you're going to get your degree and then you, you do whatever you want with golf. So he supported me 100% on that. So it was, it was decided when I was 13 that I was going to play professional golf. And besides golf, were there any other sports that you were you know, at a, a decent, you know, towards elite level or was it mainly golf? Yeah, I played uh, soccer. I played for the national team under 17. I was actually quite good. I was, I was more of a striker, um, but I developed a bad knee so I couldn't really uh, play competitively. I was um, advised by a family doctor to play more uh, less, you know, strenuous sport yeah. in terms of running, which golf took over. But I, I was doing karate, boxing, tennis, gymnastics. Just to name at the a same few. Time, yeah, at the same time, you know. So uh, it's just one of those things, you know. Uh, it was almost like a fish to water with golf, and uh, it's, it hasn't stopped since. 
and you know playing college golf how pivotal was that you know that period for you to become a better golfer because i always feel like um it's it's kind of a toss-up to whether it will work for some players or, or not uh for you it obviously did work you've had your success as well um how was it for you that period and how, how important was it it was very important because you get the best of both worlds you get to have a chance to have education and at the same time follow your passion being golf um, but second to none was the experience that you get by playing the same courses that they play on the PGA Tour. I mean, we used to play Redstone, um, uh, so many courses. We played uh, Torrey Pines, and so it was it was nice to see that you're playing collegiate tournaments on a golf course where PGA Tour players. Yeah. So you can actually compare yourself to that. And then the same players that play on Con Ferry and PGA Tour played collegiate golf. So um, it's something that you can never really, really replace. Um, so it, it served me a great. It served me well. Um, the experience that I got there. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the easiest, but it was a tough balance because I was coming from a country where they don't play team sports in golf. Yes. Whereas in America, it starts from high school. I mean, they play team sports in golf and up to collegiate level, then you're back to individual play in professional golf. So I had to adjust to that. But uh, the other aspect of balancing school and golf was another one. Um, it, it was a challenge, but obviously managed to do it. And um, yeah, happy that I went through that. And, you know, of late you've had this, you know, I've only come to know about this book that's been written about you and your experience playing in the US Open. Um, haven't had the chance to read it yet, but can you maybe give us an insight into that process and how did this all come about? Yeah, so there's a gentleman by the name of uh, Jamie Roth. I met him through the first, second president of Zambia. He was doing US trade work with Zambia, so the president of Zambia wanted me to, he, he wanted to do something for me for having put Zambia on the world map in terms of golf and I was introduced to him and that's how we developed that relationship so he helped to facilitate me getting a scholarship in America first obviously playing that AJGA event yeah uh, so he and my dad would um, correspond back and forth until um, I was recruited to play collegiate golf um, so he was documenting um, that um, journey uh, from when I met him to the achievements that I've had um, up to after the US Open and uh, currently to where I'm at. So it documents pretty much my father's life story from the time he was younger to transitioning into me and how it came about and how um, that that journey sort of interlinks yeah. to me playing golf. And it's, it's, it's an odd journey because nobody has ever, ever actually played professional on, on my level in, in Zambia. So the first, the first of the first. Yeah. No, that's, and I think that's quite special, you know, also to, you've showed me the, the letter you received from the president of your own country. I mean, that's, that's something so almost surreal, like to have that relationship. How, how has that been? Has that also served as motivation for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a definite uh, <laughs> uh, motivation as well. I didn't expect it. Yeah. Um, he's just been newly elected as the seventh president of Zambia, so I've never met him in person. Okay. Yeah, so to have, having to receive that letter from him and... Uh, those kind words to express basically his gratitude and his recognition of what I'm doing um, means a lot. So yeah, it was, uh, it's something that's not uh, an everyday thing. <laughs> and you know, going forward, you know, this book that's come out, I suppose, you know, being exposed to the, the, the American side of golf, it's on such a massive scale, you know, compared to even South Africa. Uh, the issue of well, not issue, but the lack of diversity in golf. Is that something that's always been, you know, uh, a point for you to maybe look at to inspire, you know, kids of color 
to, to start picking up the game because you can see we, we, we quite miss un, well underrepresented in the in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah definitely yeah. I've always wanted to inspire um, obviously people who are coming from those kinds of backgrounds but also extending beyond that. Yeah. Uh, from a human level, somebody who's actually trying to achieve a dream and they see that it's possible coming from insurmountable odds and achieving that. Um, golf has always been an elitist sport so um, and I think it should be that way. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't be golf. Yeah. At the same time, it also shines a spotlight on the fact that if you give an opportunity to somebody and give them a chance, then they'll be able to excel. So that's what hopefully my, my story exemplifies and, uh, and that's what I'm hoping to inspire, that despite you not being uh, in a position to be part of the elite sport, yeah. but if you're given the chance, you can actually make it through. So there's so many other people who are talented out there and they just need that push and that uh, uh, support which sort of puts a battery in their back um, uh, that uh, somebody believes in them and you know growing up going through this you know challenge of you know being an African golfer and and playing over in America mm. were there any inspirations or any people that inspired you that kept you motivated throughout that period um, yeah if you can name a name a few and, and I think maybe specifically golfers in this case you know were there anyone any okay, golfers I mean, out there? My father best was a nine handicap but he was a strong influence yeah. on me um, just from everything from life to uh, being an achiever and going after something even though no one has ever done it you could actually do it depending and believing in yourself so he he's number one uh, ultimately um, and I used to look up to guys like Nick Faldo, Ian Wisdom. I used to watch a lot of tapes, so yeah. all the way from the Ryder Cup, um, when Sam Ryder presented that trophy for you to be the Ryder Cup. So I know the history diaries, Sam Torrance, uh, Tony Jacklin, a lot, a lot of the guys that people don't even know about. Um, I followed that, so I'm, I'm quite a, a follower of the history of golf, but I'm also a fan of uh, many, many golfers. And we at the SA Open, one of the, the most prestigious tournaments in the history of golf. Um, plans for the week, I know it's, it's quite a, a demanding week in weather like this, 35 plus degrees, you know, wh what's your plans for the week and, and expectations as well? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, just a, a tournament rich with history. I mean, it's the second oldest Open in the world, which, which says a lot, so yeah. to be part and parcel of that is, is, is a blessing in itself. Um, but I'm looking forward to the week. Um, I've always enjoyed playing the SA Open and this venue as well carries so much history. I mean, as you walk down the 18th towards the green, they can see the different winners and plaques and uh, from Legends to Sevi Ballesteros. So just to be part and parcel of that and, and also go beyond that, hopefully yeah. at the end of the week, it will be uh, something great. Um, I'm just, again, I'm the son of the soil, so <laughs> this to me is normal. <laughs> uh, you blend in and uh, you just, uh, just focused on um, trying to do the best that I can, you know, given my strengths right now and my weaknesses. So hopefully my strengths override my weaknesses and uh, I can bring out the best of um, what I can do this week. And with that, uh, you know, it's, it's quite a, like you mentioned, it's quite a rich history, both the tournament and the venue. Mm. Um, have you been, you, you want to watch tapes, have you ever gone back and maybe studied the way maybe Tommy Fleetwood won the NGC uh, back in 2019, looked at the way those guys mapped out and, and navigated throughout the course. Have you ever done that? I haven't had the chance. Um, I guess it comes in snippets because I look at different players. I would see Sergio Garcia yeah. when he won, when he had that impeccable round. I think he shot, was that 63 or something? Yeah. Bogey free. Um, Lee Westwood. Um, but what I remember the most is Ernie Os actually ma always making a part on the 18th hole. 
you know, for, for a victory. So I remember that and then Nick Price winning, beating Tiger Woods here in the playoff uh, on the 18th hole. So th those are some of the things that um, I remember vividly and I've seen. But I haven't studied it hole for hole and see how the guys play. I just kind of uh, try to play it the way I, I know how. And to close off, Maddie, uh where can we get this book? I know it's already number one on the new releases in, on Amazon, um, but for people locally, you know, is it going to be available hard, hard cover and, you know, will we be able to source it out here in South Africa? Yes, uh, I believe right now we're just trying to push for Amazon South Africa to have, I guess, to have some in some of the bookstores here, uh, as well as Zambia. So um, it was only released, I guess, a week and a half ago and it's still on Amazon. So hopefully um, some of the bookstores will be able to stock it by um, before Christmas. And with that, Maddie, thanks so much. All the best this week. And yeah, we look for, we're looking forward to getting those, those books in our hands. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. I actually really enjoy your podcast. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks.